Hello, welcome to InventCast, a podcast show from Capgemini Invent. In this show, we explore new ways for you to adapt and grow for the future in strategy, technology, data science, creative designs, and building what's next for your business. My name is Parry. I'm an account executive with Capgemini, and I'm here to discuss about IT-related mergers and acquisitions, aspects around IT. And in this podcast, this particular episode, more particularly on IT integration. It is important to remember that customers that are not going to stand still, nor will competitors, who often use these dormant periods of M&A to steal business from either company, acquirer, or target. So one needs to integrate fast and communicate transparently while ensuring that operations continue to run smoothly. Now, how can leaders ensure a well-planned strategy for a successful IT integration? And for that, we have a specialist here. We have Ludwig Dow with with us here today to give us a deep dive into integration. Thank you, Ludwig. Welcome. Hello. Thanks for having me here today. My name is Ludwig Dow, and I'm director in IT in mergers and acquisitions. In my role, I support IT leaders of global organizations to navigate through the complexity of IT mergers and acquisitions. Now, I speak on behalf of uh, the companies that I partner with and also a lot of my colleagues who manage clients, client partners, account executives who deal with their customers who are probably acquiring a company and hence integration becomes important. So we're speaking on for those stakeholders now. Uh, Integrating a new company, a question beckons. Is the acquirer capable of becoming a strong corporate parent? because? It's common for executives to focus on what this acquisition is bringing to my company to transform my business. But wait a second. What about accelerating profitably the asset that has been acquired? So I think, you know, there's so much focus on the company's financial resources and markets, but we're talking about unifying technology also. And we want to look at both the sides of the coin. So tell us, Ludwig. What, what have you seen in the marketplace? This is typically about the integration strategy and uh, the decision on uh, what is the corporate parent is mostly made when the merger is on the table and the negotiations are going on. I think it would be really good uh, to include the digital aspects in these negotiations as well. As a good example, eh, where uh, where the decision was made on uh, on where would be the headquarters was the merger between Aholt and Delhaize. So this was a few years ago, and during the agreements, they decided to have the headquarters in Zandam, which was the former Aholt location. And uh, apart from location, can you give us a view on the assets, the the knowledge capital, the tech- technology capital? and uh, how the parent versus the company that's being acquired, how do you go about paying attention to strengths uh, on both the sides as, an in, as, as a partner to the integration lead? Yeah, I think uh, looking at strengths, we have, of course, the due diligence phase in which we would do a, a preliminary uh, review of where are the strengths of the both uh, companies and how can they integrate. So that's already a bit of the first direction. When moving, uh, moving forward um, and drafting the integration plan, uh, it's really good to work in a structured way. So we have developed templates. Uh, so, for example, one of uh, the companies we have been uh, integrating was a utility uh, company. 
We used templates to analyze the situation at the target. That helps also to make sure that no part got lost in the analysis and you really have an overall view of where is the value coming from. And so it's all about value and you need to identify the areas where there is specific value. So starting from the due diligence report and during the integration, you will further dive into that to make sure that you are harvesting the value at the right time. I'm glad you brought that out and that uh, that makes a lot of sense for the company that's being acquired uh, because often there's a lot of maximization of capital that can be gained by finding the true strengths on the digital side also. So you mentioned this just goes to show that the integration lead is there to deliver strategic synergies and deliver operational excellence. And you've, get, you've given a good example of what, you would, what you've done and the template that you've created. Moving further, so that uh, before we get transactional, I just want to probe on a little step up, you know, and, and, and maybe for some of the non-specialists here, how does the acquirer uh, of this new company, you know, that is acquiring IT designs and applications, you know, you've got ERP, CRMs, infrastructure cloud, and they, they are trying to see it vis-a-vis their own. You know, they, you, you're trying to compare it with your own such systems. Now, there's good on either sides, and uh, the parent company is trying to find one way of working, one way of selling, one way of making, you know, on the bottom line side as well as top line. So you're looking at financial impact. How do you see it? What have you observed? Give us a view. What I think uh, is typically in these situations, uh, um, it's it's quite easy to say uh, we are the acquiring company and uh, you will follow our structure. But that can be a risk. Eh? For example, an industrial company from the US who wanted to buy uh, a European uh, company, which was much more focused towards uh, the local markets, would not benefit from a large-scale ERP system like uh, like SAP because this company was really differently organized. So if you would choose to to uh, to close moving this company into the template of the uh, acquiring uh, company then you would uh, break up value so that's typically something you are not looking for so you should be careful and evaluate uh, the different aspects of the IT organization on itself and see um, how this relates also to the business objectives so i think that that's really key Always look at these business objectives and from there get an understanding of where um, is the IT integration of value and where can uh, both com- companies exchange their value and their assets uh, in a positive way. I, I, I recognize that and I also read a recent HBR article on MNAs where there was an example of two banks that were merging in the Middle East. And this example was interesting where one of the pillars of success was to ensure that the team that was identified pre-integration played a role in the post-integration process. And do you want to give us a view how that is so important to capture knowledge and information and ensure that all the KPIs that were listed out are met post-integration? Can you just tell us a bit about that? Yeah, that's that's a really interesting thing. Yeah? So... Um, what we typically see uh, is different models in the market. 
So it's models where we have a company doing the um, due diligence and helping with the getting the deal done. And then afterwards, another company is, is doing the integration. But I think it's really important to have a, a, a company who is doing the full process. And the advantage of that is that as, as companies are mostly driven by KPIs, they are feeling themselves also integrally uh, responsible for the end-to-end uh, piece of work. Being the, uh, taking this responsibility uh, end-to-end instead of doing the deal and then getting the money and moving to the next deal is, is really a big difference. Because um, I think um, as sometimes it might be a bit uh, too positive. And of course, we have all kinds of valuations and things to to make it uh, balanced. But I think it's also important for the company as a whole uh, to get the benefits out uh, as they were expected at the beginning. So no disappointments. And that's why, why I uh, say uh, it's really good to have one company doing both the due diligence and also do the, do the integration because then the um, objectives are in line. Well said, continuity is key here. Now, we know one size fit all doesn't work here. So a question that pops up is, you've done this a number of times for various organizations, you know, you've done integration and you've followed process post due diligence. What sort of size of a consulting partner do you need? You know, they, they are people on the client side, who have an integration team, you know, uh, taking over different roles on the IT side also. And then you have a consultant coming in and you're trying to identify representatives that are needed. So keeping in mind how much time does this process take based on the size of the company and uh, how many FTEs are needed to support this process, integration process, to unlock this value and to leave the company in a healthy space. Just give us an example and give us a flavor of what you've seen uh, to help the audience understand the process better. Yeah, so I think it's really depending on the, on the situation. So what type of company are you acquiring and integrating? The company uh, which has uh, not that much IT, for example, uh, an industrial company, uh, just, a, just an example, uh, I recently supported them with their integration planning. This was an industrial company in, in Europe, quite small, uh, about uh, 600 people working for it. And um, helping them to integrate IT is just not that, that big team. So it's, it, you, you can imagine it's between uh, 20, maximum 25 people working on it, setting up uh, the whole thing. Uh, and, and the project team preparing for it would be probably five or four people. But we also have examples like uh, the integration of a large industrial chemical company. We are also doing that. Um, and in this, there are hundreds of people working on in the integration. And you, so you have people in project teams uh, doing the ERP integration, working on the, on the uh, IT uh, inter- integration. So all different aspects you need to take into account. And then you can imagine that you will have different work streams for infrastructure, for ERP, for uh, the organizational uh, parts, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so then it can be really big. So it can be easily 1,000 people working on an integration for such a big conglomerate uh, as in the example I just uh, mentioned. That's nice to hear. I, I do recall reading about uh, when Shell acquired British Gas 
how communication played a role and and it reminds me again when you mentioned such large teams where there was a very good process of communication there was a very good process of setting up such expert teams and this was this was a good example again i read online recently which just goes to show that uh, you need expertise coming in and you need interaction and communication with both the sides of the organization to ensure you maximize the value thank you and moving to the next one quickly the, let's go further on you know the steps that a company would take you know you've got it systems and it infra and the org- organogram you know and they are uh, there's a process that one would follow and i and i and i remember the example the analogy from archaeology where one you know one tends to unearth value you dig and you unearth value that's there for ages so i'm thinking you know you have a certain approach a certain process to unearth such value so i'm sure the listeners are intrigued intrigued what would you do to unearth such value what are your data processes and what are your industry practices that you follow that could benefit the company and uh, help the integration team towards uh, this unlocking yeah so one of the things i mentioned earlier was uh, having clear templates which uh, make sure that you do a clear inventory of all integration points that's one uh the other thing is uh if, if you're looking at systems and integrating systems i think it's really vital to have a clear blueprint that points out how to integrate these systems and for example uh, i i have supported an energy company uh, who bought two retail uh, energy retail companies and these had the objective to bring two systems together um and build one new system to replace the two old systems and that's uh was typically something for which they didn't develop a, a blueprint um so when we came in to help the organization to bring the program back on track and we reviewed the whole thing we noted that there was no blueprint so we helped them to make the blueprint first and then uh, we found out that it would be better to merge the contents from the one company in the con- in the system from the other company rather than building a new system but this was quite a big uh, decision and another example uh, so for example for infrastructure we see that lots of companies are moving to the clouds and i think this is really a great opportunity but um, at the same time you can have existing contracts which are holding you back to move to the cloud and so there has been uh, organized data center space for several years and the contract has been signed just uh, one year ago so you still have to stay in the contract so for these kinds of things we see that contract management and um properly handling these contracts should be also one of the key elements when organizing an integration project so we typically organize a, a separate stream for contract management i think one of the points that you've laid out today also gives confidence that you tend to hear when two companies merge or get or, or a company gets acquired one of the things that you tend to fear is fte reduction and you know removing redundant roles so there's a lot of talk about redundancy redundancy but what i what i learned today and what i've experienced from yourself also is there's so much value that's coming from systems and processes and and digital assets that have been running those companies for years so i'm sure 
that gives you time to first focus on value before looking at redundancy. So I'm, I'm really glad you brought it out today. Finally, for this episode, I'd like to hear from you. You know, you've done this so many times. So what sort of, what, what is your final takeaway to the integration lead and the CIO or the CDO? What are your pearls of wisdom? You've done this so many times. So you might have two cents, you know, and something which you would recommend to do and something you would not recommend to do. Yeah, so what I would rec- recommend is to have a clear um, governance structure with clear templates which are helping you to structure the whole integration project. The other side, eh, eh, what would I not recommend to do is see an integration project as an ordinary program management exercise because that's typically not the case. There are some specifics, eh, like we mentioned in the in this podcast on finding value and making sure that value is uh, captured at the right moment. And these kinds of things are typically uh, some things which you need a specialized IT integration advisor for. So make sure you are not running it as a program, an ordinary program, but to a, a real integration program with clear templates, a clear governance structure and focus on value. Yeah, and perhaps we have an example with uh, our own uh, Capgemini Invent, and that's that's probably an exciting example that you could share, which followed these principles. Would you like to do that? Yeah, I think um, uh, Capgemini Invent is really wanting to become a digital leader, and uh, I think uh, if you look at the market, we are doing more and more digital business. But to become a digital leader, you need to have the capabilities which are helping you to accelerate on that side. So we decided to buy also other companies. Uh, and one of these companies uh, is the a company called uh, Altran. And Altran has the unique uh, capability that they are very strong in the operations technology. Capgemini is very strong in software development and uh, cloud and infrastructure systems, etc. Bringing these together, is perfectly in line with the situation uh, in, we see in the market that uh, OT and IT are coming more and more together. So what we did for that is we we organized that also in a way that um, we, we also used the standard template for that. And so to make sure that we identify the things where we would like to integrate and we set up a strong project governance above this. But what we also did is um, we decided to keep these companies apart together. So uh, keeping them their own uh, unique um, marketing, but at the same time being part of the group. And that's a typical strategic decision you would make in the uh, in the boardroom and you would handle during the integration program. And so that's typically things you, uh, you really need to uh, include when integrating companies. And these are really setting the the guidelines for for making sure that you are doing the right things in the integration program. Wonderful. So practice what you preach. And I, ho- I assume uh, with the Ultron acquisition, we practiced what we've been preaching in the marketplace and as we advise other integration leads in the marketplace. Thank you again, again Ludwig. Uh, you've been very patient and enterprising here with your examples. And I'm sure the audience is excited with the examples that you've posted. And they would want to learn more. So I'm sure there's a way to uh, reach out to you. Thank you again. Yeah, thank you for the introduction. And uh, I was glad to be here. Look forward to everybody subscribing to our podcast on YouTube or SoundCloud. Thank you. Have a nice day.